0: the HR Tech Expo on the conference room floor in the
1: Oleo booth, as as Ryan says, powered by Oleo. Powered by Oleo. Yeah, we're here at the Content Lounge. Been here for two days. We are, we're winding down. We've got um, two hours left, and we've got two people on the show that we've been trying to get on for probably the last, well, one of them for the last day and a half. (laughs) Every time she comes back, we got someone else on. And then, and then Jim for the last couple hours at least. So why don't we kick off with some intros? Introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm Christina Duke. I'm an account manager at Power to Fly.
1: What is Power to Fly?
2: We are a diversity recruiting and retention platform.
1: And we've got Jim Schneider. We go way back. Oh, yeah. Way yeah. back. 2009? It's got to be. seven, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Well, you've changed. You've changed roles over the last couple of years. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. So. After 17 years at PepsiCo, sourcing, talent acquisition, actually started my own company. So now I have 10 consultants and we specialize in optimization and implementations of CRMs and ATS systems. So yeah, having a, having a lot of fun.
1: Got it. All right. So. Lots to talk about here, Shally. I know. Have you gotten to
2: walk around yet? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've been walking around a lot. I don't know what's going on out on the floor. Have you all seen anything interesting? What's What's the buzz about here?
2: I've seen some great swag. Um. <laughs> what swag?
1: Let's talk swag because the plan is Trick around 2 o'clock to walk around and just... Swag. Pick up whatever's left.
2: Yeah, exactly. I need the good stuff. Where's the good stuff? Because you need another, like, bag full of pens and stuffed yeah. animals, right? Um, Mints, well, chapstick. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anybody have headphones? Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, Bounty, Bounty Jobs had headphones yeah. years ago, and I still have them. Nice. And they're very good. They're, blue- they're right when Bluetooth started, and I still have them. I have three pairs of them. Nice. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. But I, you
0: know time. what I want to say, though? I've been walking around. I don't see a lot of diversity. Uh, I don't mean, like, diversity of people in the event. I mean, I don't see a lot of diversity being talked about in these booths. Last year, it was all over the place. And this year, not so much. What happened?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's kind of sad. I feel like, you know, diversity was a, a major trend there, especially in 2021. And yeah especially now when the market has turned, like, what we're finding is actually those roles um, and those programs that are the first to, to be cut and get budget cuts, too, which is really sad, because if you think about it, like, you know, aside from just being the right thing like diverse teams perform better and you would think that you know a company would want to yeah. invest in a workforce that is also representative of like their consumer base
1: you would think so and, uh, and this is that's what they bit. said last year yeah well and i i, I agree I, I don't see much of it here i think they're sticking to the buzzwords of 23 yeah which is Playing buzzword bingo. Don't say it. AI, oh okay. good. Right? No, yeah, <laughs> there you go. But question on diversity: We were talking about this yesterday. The I'm not sure if you were on this on this show, Shally, but is so recruiters are are responsible to submit diverse leads again, right? You're supposed to diverse. You're supposed to submit the best possible talent. The best possible. We're supposed to, right? Yeah. But in reality. The, the, the directive down from the manager is you submit five people, three diverse, two not, whatever, right? Yep. Is that the role of the recruiter? I don't think so. Is that the
3: responsibility of the recruiter? I, you guys know my background being with PepsiCo it was in the DNA of, of the organization and the company, so it's something I just always did naturally. But, you know, I mean, over the years, yeah. you guys all, all saw that it became more of how can you pull in more sourcing how can you pull in more talent at the top of the pipeline mm-hmm. pull that down into your funnel i think christina you guys with power to fly definitely are doing some great stuff on that front um you know if there's other tools redacted and reducing mm-hmm. bias in the process that you know you're seeing some of those tools that have been uh, merging or purchased or or within other other groups now but yeah man i would well, to answer your question i would definitely say that it's it's all in the strength of your pipeline that you're building, right?
1: Right. Well, and and you, you, I think you said it perfectly. It's in the DNA. Yeah. And and that's what I'm getting. And I, I, yeah. I feel like it's got to be top down, coming yep. from the company. Most. Definitely. The recruiters, like Shally, like you said, get the best possible talent. It Shouldn't be our job to just get. The pool of teams. talent should Correct. already be represented. Correct. Of. Right. Agree. So that's.
2: Yeah. The recruiter wants to fill the role, like, right. and to Shally's point, they want the best talent, but. Here's the thing, like, what if the best talent, what if you don't know about the best talent? That's the problem. And or the best talent isn't even considering a job at your company because guess what? If they're good at what they do, they're probably gainfully employed. Yeah. And so there's this great quote that talks about how, you know, talent is distributed equally, but opportunity is not. And they
1: liked what you said.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of companies, like, yes, there are some that are putting in, like, the Rooney Rule or, you know, they're trying to, okay, by the hiring manager interview, there has to be at least one, quote, unquote, like, underrepresented candidate. But at the end of the day, I wonder, like, what is the incentive? Because we all say, yeah, you know, diverse companies perform better. But you have companies, too, that are also putting in, like, bonus plans or performance metrics around, like, actually hiring from underrepresented groups. Yeah. Um, to that point, even if a recruiter, let's say, brings a diverse candidate slate, we have to think about the hiring managers. You know, they're the executive decision makers in many ways and not in a bad way. But, you know, everyone has bias and a lot of hiring managers are turning to their own networks and, you know, their own alumni associations and the people that are like them and. Um, and, you know, that's where you find teams that really start to be lacking in things like gender parity, racial and ethnic parity. But, you know, diversity goes beyond just that, too. It's sexual orientation. It's sure. gender identity. It's veteran status. It's ability status.
1: Yeah. So how, how, how's Power to Fly? So Okay. Let me back up a minute. Today, multiple shows have talked about retention being the new recruit. And that's kind of been the theme for today for whatever reason. And I'm looking over at your booth and I see Retain. What are you all doing for retention?
2: Yeah, so we do, um, part of our software is an LMS that is a DEIB, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, Belonging database, knowledge base, if you will. And there's a lot of training in there that is actually for people leaders and the The ones that are in that hiring manager position, and talking about like what are they doing to elevate a culture of inclusion? Like what are they doing to make sure that they're promoting allyship and advocacy amongst their teams? Uh, what are they doing to develop their their middle management, for example? So it's
0: education. Absolutely. Yeah, educating, building awareness, right?
3: Yeah. Well, yes. what? The, also, the other thing, is ERG. Uh, assistance also internally, right?
2: Yeah, so a lot of content too around DEIB programming and building out employee resource groups, you know, those are great for people to find community and connection within an organization and you think about how are we, um, you know, fostering collaboration like cross-functionally and the ERGs are a great way to do that.
3: Yeah, but what I would say is that from a from a standpoint of, you know, Number of years ago, when you saw everybody, you know, moving into more of a focus around DEI and, and everything that they did, a, they did a okay job of finding and sourcing and bringing in the talent. We won't say they did a great job, but the thing is, is about the retention because when people would join the organization, they would find that okay, it, it, wasn't, it supported. wasn't wasn't supported. There's not a lot of folks that are like or look like me. And then a lot of the ERGs, that's why I think what you guys do with helping to, how to foster and stand up those programs that are so strong and help with, you know, the, the retention, I think is so important. So I wanted to call that out. I, I was, I love that concept that you guys Thank do. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, because yeah,
0: it's a whole, it's a whole, it, it's a whole ecosystem, right? You can, you can make the recruiter responsible for, hey, you got to increase the, the top of the funnel, but then. What if your hiring managers aren't responding to that? Yeah. And, well, okay, so now you make the hiring managers responsible. For you got to hire diversity. Okay. So now you have the diversity, and what if the organization doesn't support it? Now they don't stay. Yeah. So you've got to work on that retention. Yeah. And then the last piece, I think, that's that's missing there.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Developing the talent. Yeah. So n- now you're develop- now you you know your gap is developing that talent so that they're available for the next yeah round well, you know um, so
3: one thing that I would definitely say is from a kind of a, my time at PepsiCo one of the, the parts of the secret sauce I think that really helped was. The strength of the ERGs that we had, and, and let me just say for anybody that doesn't know ERG, Employee Resource Group, right? And so we had so many of those that the leadership was in, in, incredible. It was well funded from our organization, and it was every senior leader within the organization had an organization that they were the sponsor of. Oh, and, wow. And, and, it was, yeah. and it was, I didn't know that. and it was, but it was not being an organization that you would be a part of as well. so... But the thing is, is why that helped from a recruiting standpoint is that I could, if I wanted anybody who was a, a candidate to be able to learn more about the organization, I could just set up an informal call or any type of thing with any of the any of the folks that were with any of the ERGs. Or even we had some situation where we did interview days, we would actually have the ERG. So if it was like from one of our conferences and we were bringing in a number of folks, we would have an ERG event at the hotel the night before they would do, you know, do the interview day. So. And
2: it's, it's a brilliant way to engage the employee resource oh, yeah, groups in a way that can also, you know, give back to the business. Um, I saw this stat recently. It was it was from Glassdoor, but it talked about that the vast majority of job seekers trust another employee when it comes to diversity mm, yeah, and inclusion, right. yeah. much significantly higher than they trust a recruiter a senior leader at the company even, or even right. like the company's website. Yeah. Um, but going back to something that you were saying about just the recruiting and retention space, it's, it's highly fragmented. And yeah. so right. really what Power to Fly is here to be is that end-to-end solution all the way through the talent engagement journey. Because when you think about something from, a, you know, with diversity and inclusion, it has to be a holistic strategy. To the That's point you are making, yeah. you can't just do part of it, or it won't work. And so can't we're really here to in. help have that like seamless process.
0: What do you what are you finding has been the downside of the the increase interest in diversity as a result of some of the, the tragic events that happened in the last few years? In other words, um, there's the upside with you know. It, the things that happened shouldn't have happened, they're, they're, they're horrible, but there's been a benefit in that it, it gave more uh, attention to the fact that we needed to do something about it, right? But what has been the negative impact? Has there been any uh, class or any protected group that has suffered as a result of the extra attention? Has it had a negative impact as well?
2: You mean all the the cis white men that are suddenly no no no
0: (laughs) no I'm talking about you know so we're 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 paying attention to um we're we're giving more attention to something that deserved attention anyway but now this has been brought like it's been highlighted and that's the that's the good side has there been any negative impact in other areas so what you know if a company only has a certain amount of money only has a certain amount of employees what have they traded for?
2: Yeah, that that's so funny because it's usually like the cis white men that that say, like, I'm, you know, we're losing opportunity because somebody else is getting yeah. opportunity. I think... I'm like, not
0: saying that. I'm wondering what is, what was traded. Something had to, right? Your company has a certain amount of funds, certain amount of people. Something, what was it that gave way to create that opportunity? Not Not specifically what gender or what, but like, what where did the funding come from?
2: That's a great question. And that's what we're actually finding, you know, with like the economic downturn that like these diversity roles are being cut, talent acquisition, like budgets are being cut. But I think like where the real funding and this goes back to education and where power lies in organizations is with like the functional hiring leaders. You know, you're looking at like, a VP of sales or a sales team or an engineering team or technology organization, you know, those are the the ones that are actually, like, having to find the talent to fill the roles. And I think yeah. that's truly, like, where the budget should come from. Um, to, a, another way to answer your question around, like, what is some of, like, the negative impact, I think, you know, suddenly there was all this scrutiny on diversity and inclusion. And I, I think, like... The pendulum sort of swung in the other way. It actually became quite divisive in some circumstances. So you had
0: to almost like spend on the proving that you were doing it, right, rather than spend on the doing it.
2: But then you have all these groups, right? And you think about it like, you know, it's not um, it's not the onus of the person from the underrepresented group to no. come and educate the rest of us, it should not and be. so. I think a lot of these companies, you know, and you know, I think everybody we work with has their heart in the right place, but it became like, okay, now we suddenly care about diversity and inclusion. We're standing up our employee resource groups. Hey, you know, black employee resource groups, like, please come do a presentation for our company and talk about what your experience is. Well, in reality, it's not their responsibility to do that, and that's right. where, you know, Companies like Power to Fly really come in because as part of the services that we do around education is we do these fireside chats where we bring in external subject matter experts, we bring in people that are totally outside of the company, level the playing field, everyone comes in as an observer and, you know, through that particular offering it's really facilitating education through sharing lived experience and it's like removes a bit of the personal aspect because it's not necessarily your coworker right. there you're not and you're, putting you're not somebody on putting the, spot. the yeah. onus yeah yeah
0: like hey you're not an expert in this but can you please yeah well we kind of let me back up a little and explain so i'm responsible for the P L and i have the spend and we had a decision to make at budget time where to spend the money to include diversity programs intentionally so the company's always been diverse and we we did not have uh, we did not have a punitive or um, reactive reason to do it we just wanted to increase our efforts not that we had a problem we wanted to increase them and so it comes down to what Ryan was saying: is it really up to the recruiter? I'm saying, no, no it, it shouldn't be up to just the recruiter. But I'm also saying, as the person in charge of the p for recruiting, I also have to come up with the money, and I can't go back to my CFO and say, you know how I had that three million last year? This year I need uh, four million because I'm adding this other thing. My CFO is going to say, no, you got three million, you got to do whatever you can do with those three million. So I'm going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul. To use a really tired old cliche, which means I've got to reduce my spend somewhere else. In order to, you know, hire a company like Power to Fly, yeah. see what I mean? And so, I know what I did. I know where I made the cut. I'm wondering what you're seeing is where are the other cuts coming from, you know, Jim? Yeah. You can take that. Yeah,
3: you know, or- I know. Th- I know that one of the things that you know, I, I speak a lot about PepsiCo days because you know, hey, mm-hmm. hell, we're known a lot for uh, you know all of our DEI efforts and all the other stuff. But one of the things that we did that we mm-hmm. that I actually had a lot of a had the opportunity to name the program. Had a lot of blood, sweat, tears, everything in this one, which was uh, the ready, ready to return program. So what we did is instead of putting it at a at AOP annual operating plan for bed budgeting time, instead of putting it at a functional level, we actually had leadership that was like. from the the top down that was talking about, okay, we're gonna have a new program and this is something that we're gonna do. We're gonna have a big bet on women in leadership. And one of the things that, that we did was we put together an internship program for women that were returning to the workforce and really put together a whole program around that with funding and with everything else that was from the leadership, not so much at a functional level, but coming at it as a strategy for the corporation. And so what that was was it was a program to where what you're trying to do is upskill workers, that it, uh, women that had left and that are wanting to come back in. And all they need is that little bridge of, of expertise to get back up to that, you know, that. You know, they may have left at a certain point in their career and now they're coming back and they can pop right into almost a management or senior management position. And so that's one of the things that uh, we did in the
0: ready Re- ready to return program with a two in the middle. That's, that's something- a huge investment, right? Because there yeah. are people that had lots of institutional knowledge, knew how things worked. Yeah, man. So bringing Absolutely. them back Absolutely. is like they got a head start. Absolutely, they don't have to learn everything about the company. But
3: and the thing that's that's crazy is every single recruiter that would look at their resume would be like, no, because they got no a big gap. Right. No big, they've got that big gap, and you're just like, no, you don't realize this. So we're making sure that we bridge that gap and then bring them right back in. And no, really cool program. So just figured I'd tell you about that one. And it was a little bit different in the way that it was funded, and it was innovative
1: from the the funding standpoint too. Yeah. Now. All right. So I, I know we're coming up on time. Yeah. So before before we head out, we went through what, what you're seeing on the floor, what's innovative, what's new, what's missing? What is missing this year from the floor in product that you were hoping to see? Wow. Or what what do you want to see going in the 24?
3: I mean, what... I, <laughs> Yeah, on the other on the opposite side, you know what is what's the flavor of the month that everybody is seeing and what we're all talking about yeah. and what everybody is seeing is I know Shally you don't want to hear it but yeah, yeah AI generally yeah. AI you know how it's working how it mm-hmm. how it's doing that, um, you know the the thing that I'm not seeing as much yeah. it, it, and I don't know why, it, not it, it's there but you're not seeing a lot of I don't know I don't know if I want to say this but the top of the funnel but the mm-hmm. hardcore sourcing everything is more about Because AI is primarily more about once somebody hits the funnel or something like that, um, I'm not seeing, I don't know, maybe I'm just not walking around as much, but as much as very, very, very top of the funnel for building communities and everything else. Now, I know that's what some of the stuff that you guys are doing, but, um, you know, that's just for me. I haven't seen as much. It
0: should be more of it is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Fair enough. I mean me being a sourcing guy, you know, I'm always looking around for some of those yeah. things. You always gotta go mean, back
1: to your roots. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot, yes, AI, that's the buzzword, but also a lot of things around like employee engagement, retention, wellness seems mm-hmm. to be like a really yeah, hot I mean, topic right now.
0: But you wish you saw more
2: You know, some of the something that I am wondering about or you know hasn't really jumped out to me I've seen like training platforms upskilling right, right like right, that's right. a major issue right now is like this aging workforce and this skills gap but one of the things and this is like the diversity spin on it is that a lot of these trainings are really made for like neurotypical people and mm. so yeah, I'm, true. you know yeah. like what is the evolution in keep peop- the training so like people that identify as neurodivergent and that is a whole spectrum that goes from everything to like add to dyslexia to you mm-hmm. know being right on the there. autism spectrum Different learning styles exactly yeah. and so i really wonder like what are these products doing um right. in terms of being able to, to to reach people that you know don't learn in a typical way which is a lot of people it's a lot of people yeah.
1: yeah well guys this has been fantastic Appreciate the time. Glad you all came on. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity. Enjoy the, enjoy the rest Thank of your show. Thank you very much. Show. Good to meet you. All.
2: Thank you.